Hello and welcome to the Last Will and What podcast. Today's episode is titled, What is an Estate Plan? The goal of this podcast episode is to demystify that question and hopefully let you leave here with a better understanding of what an estate plan is and the importance of creating one. According to Caring.com, their 2022 survey found that two out of three Americans have no estate plan. This is a huge number. That is a staggering amount of people that have no form of estate planning documents whatsoever. The survey delved into why so many Americans don't have an estate plan, and there was a plethora of reasons given. But one common element of all of those reasons, I felt like was a lack of understanding about what exactly an estate plan is and why they are so vitally important. When I host a seminar or the very first time I ever meet with clients, the very first question I get is, can you explain to me exactly what an estate plan is? I mean, what is it? I know I should have one, but I don't actually understand what it is and what I'm supposed to be creating. And usually those questions are followed by, why do I need one of these? Why are they important? So clients know that they should have an estate plan, but they're not exactly sure what all that entails. And I feel like when we delve into this question of what is an estate plan and why it's important, we're going to flesh that out so that you understand that estate planning is not something that you do when you're older or when you have a lot of assets. It's something you should have really from the moment you turn 18 and you keep up with it all throughout your life. So for this first podcast, this is why I wanted to address this question, because defining this term is going to go a long way to demystifying the entire complex topic of estate law and everything that goes with that. And hopefully it's going to impress upon you, my dear listeners, the importance of having a plan. So let's dive right in. So like I said, and I have repeated several times, and I know you're going to be sick of hearing the phrase estate plan, but what is an estate plan? So I think the first step is going to be to break down that question into two simpler questions. What is an estate and what is a plan? And then we'll put them together. So by definition, an estate is all the money and property owned by a particular person. I'm going to say that again. An estate is all the money and property owned by a particular person. The definition does not designate a specific dollar amount. That definition did not state that an estate is composed of certain assets. It is simply whatever money and or property a particular person owns. This is supremely important because a lot of excuses, especially younger adults, give for not having an estate plan are, well, I don't have an estate. I don't have enough money for an estate. I don't own a home. I don't own a car. I don't have what you need to have an estate plan. But as we see from the definition of an estate, those excuses don't really hold water. 90% of people have an estate. The 18-year-old college student who only has a bank account in his or her name has an estate. That newlywed couple who owns a couple of cars and a joint bank account with not a lot of money in it who rent, they have an estate. The single mom working two jobs has an estate. The public school teacher and the plumber who's been married for 30 years and just retired because they were able to pay off their mortgage have an estate. I could keep listing examples, but I think I've kind of made my point. Most people have an estate. Therefore, 
most people need an estate plan. If you are that rare bird living off the grid that literally owns no assets, you might not need a full estate plan, but you still need some form of documents. So kind of my point here is size doesn't matter. The size of your estate has no bearing on whether or not you need an estate plan. So an estate is all the money and property a person owns. Now let's talk about what a plan is. A plan, the definition of a plan is a detailed proposal for doing or achieving something or an intention or decision about what one is going to do. I gave both definitions because I think they are equally relevant when we talk about estate plans. When you create a plan, whatever kind of plan, not necessarily an estate plan, but just a plan in general, you are intentionally creating a means to achieve something. And plans can be any shape and size. You can create a small plan for your day, like how you're going to achieve the five different tasks that you need to get done. Or you can create a large plan, like how you're going to pay off your credit card debt in six months, or a plan to save for a house, for example. The plans we make are manifestations of our intentions. So when we put both definitions together, a state plus plan, we can deduce that an estate plan is a detailed proposal setting out in writing a person's intentions for how their money and property will be managed in the event of incapacity and at a person's death. In later podcast episodes, we're going to delve into the various types of documents in more details. But for this podcast, because we're focusing on what is a plan and why it's important, I want to really hone in on the two keywords of our definition, incapacity and death. A good estate plan is going to deal with both of these scenarios. A good estate plan is going to be comprised of documents that deal with what's going to happen if you're incapacitated and what's going to happen upon your death. Everyone should have at minimum their basics covered when we're talking about estate plans. The most basic estate plan would have powers of attorney and a last will and testament. The powers of attorney are in the event of incapacity. Those are the documents that are going to allow someone to care for you should you become incapacitated. And the will is going to be what's going to happen with your estate should you pass. Depending on your specific situation, these documents might not be enough. And you might want to have an even more involved estate plan, which would involve a trust. Um, and just for basic purposes, a trust is a unique document that's going to handle both scenarios at one time. It's going to deal with incapacity and it's going to deal with death. And it gives you a little more flexibility and creativity than a will. But a trust is not always necessary. Most people are perfectly fine with just getting their basics covered of powers of attorney and a will. Which is why I said earlier, even if you don't have a single asset to your name, you still need some form of an estate plan. And what I was talking about are the powers of attorney. You are a living, breathing human. Therefore, there is always a risk for incapacity. Therefore, you always need powers of attorney at minimum. So now that we know what an estate plan is and we have a solid definition now I want to go a little bit deeper. Now I want to go into more than just a surface level understanding of what an estate plan is and, okay, she defined an estate plan and I know I need a power of attorney and a will, but like, what else can you tell me? Why do I need these documents? So that's what we're going to focus on in the latter half of this podcast.
So why is it important to have an estate plan? I will tell you the pros vastly exceed the cons when we discuss an estate plan. And no matter how many times I say this, no matter how many times I try to impress upon clients, even if you only do the bare minimums, the basic, the cheapest plan, you need something rather than nothing. But a lot of clients, as by that survey, two out of three Americans don't have any documents, it's because they get caught up in their excuses. Estate planning is not a priority. They're able to rationalize not having a plan. Um, And instead of acting, they give excuses. Excuses like, well, I don't know where to start. I don't know an attorney. Attorneys are expensive. I don't have enough money. I don't have an estate, et cetera, et cetera. And it's never made a priority. And that is such a folly. Estate planning needs to be a priority. I mean, in my opinion, estate planning needs to be something they teach you in high school. Like all seniors have to take a class on filing taxes, paying bills, and getting an estate planning document. (laughs) But I digress. Estate planning is not something you can do when it's needed. And I think a lot of people think, I have time, I'm young, it's okay, I'll get to it, you know, no big deal. But by the time you need an estate plan and document and you don't have one, it's usually too late. And the people that suffer are the ones that are trying to take care of you. And now they are left with an expensive mess to clean up. Let's talk through a couple of examples. Um, I'm going to step off my soapbox of why it's important and kind of show you with some hard and fast examples. So we'll just use me as an example. I'm in my early 30s, married, and I have one minor child. And for purposes of explaining why all these documents are important, let's say that my estate consists of a house, two cars, and one bank account that I own jointly with my husband. And let's say that I have life insurance, I have a retirement account, and I've got a couple of bank accounts that are just in my name. And let's pretend that I'm co-owner of a beach house with my sibling. And my husband has life insurance, retirement accounts, a couple of bank accounts in his name, and a motorcycle that's just in his name. Um, I pay the electric bill, the water bill, and the termite bond, so those bills are only in my name. And let's say for this example, my husband pays for the health insurance, the mortgage, and the car insurance, and the cable bill. They're the only bills that are in his name. Now, let's say that we don't have any estate planning documents. No documents, no wills, no power of attorney, nothing. And let's say that I get in a wreck driving to the grocery store, and now I'm disabled and incapacitated. I don't have any estate planning documents. I'm incapacitated. What is my husband going to do? What's he going to be able to do in terms of caring for me, caring for our estate? And that includes the assets that we own jointly and the assets that are in just my name. The results of not having any documents means my husband is in a giant pickle. In a perfect world, everybody's going to have an estate plan, and at minimum, that estate plan is going to have a financial power of attorney, a healthcare power of attorney, and a will, like I've said several times before. And if I'd have had a document, if I'd have had powers of attorney, my husband wouldn't have any issues. He's just going to take over, step into my shoes, and act on my behalf as my appointed power of attorney. But I didn't have any documents. I'm too young. We don't have a big enough estate. We've got plenty of time, whatever excuses that we were giving. And we didn't get our documents done. And now I'm incapacitated. And now my husband has got to take care of me. And because I'm incapacitated, 
I can't sign a power of attorney to give him that authority now. It's too late. I don't have capacity to sign any kind of documents. So my husband is going to have to hire an attorney and go through a tedious and very expensive court process called guardianship. In South Carolina, we have guardians and conservators. Guardians are for the care of a person. Conservators are those who manage finances. Titles and processes vary from state to state, but the basics components of these types of proceedings are the same, and they're this. Generally, a court is going to find a person incapacitated. Once a court finds that person incapacitated, they strip that person of all of their rights. All of the rights you're given the moment you turn 18 and you're a legal adult, they're gone. And they're going to vest the majority of those rights in the person who is petitioning to be your guardian and or your conservator. And then once that's all settled and the person is officially appointed, we've got the court order, we're ready to go. Then and only then can that person assume the responsibilities of care for the incapacitated person. So in my scenario, we don't have documents. I'm incapacitated. My husband will have to hire an attorney, spend several months to become appointed as my guardian. And then once he's appointed, then he can care for me. Then he can access all of those accounts that are in just my name. Then he can manage and make decisions about that beach house that I co-own with a sibling. Then if he needed to sell our home that we own jointly, he could sell it. Then if he needed to sell one of our cars that, that we own jointly, then he could sell it. Only when he's got the authority to care for me will the cable bill and the electric bill and the water bill or whatever those bills are, only then would they really talk to me. And on top of all of this, the court is always going to be involved now. And my husband is going to have to submit annual reports about everything he does with our finances and everything he does with my care. And I said it, and I hope I mentioned it before, but if not, or if I have, it's vitally important that I say it again. These proceedings are expensive. They are expensive, and a lot of times the person paying for these proceedings or the person trying to become a gardening conservator. They are expensive. This is a billable hour proceeding. We're talking thousands of dollars. And it's funny because, you know, it's very nice that states have these laws, so if you never get around to getting your documents and something happens, there's a plan in place that somebody can be appointed to care for you, but it's also unfair and it's messy and it's expensive when you could have gone to an attorney, you could have gotten powers of attorneys created for the sum of probably several hundred dollars versus like in my example, my husband paying thousands of dollars when we could have just gotten documents done. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's always going to be better to plan because if I got in this, in my example, if I was incapacitated and I had the proper documentation in place, my husband's just going to use the documents and take care, and it wouldn't be this big of a hassle. All right, let's tweak this example a little bit now. Let's say that I get in this car wreck and I died. The lack of powers of attorney isn't an issue because I'm dead, and powers of attorney are what we call lifetime documents. They're only usable while you're living and breathing. But in my example now, I passed away in the car wreck, and now we have to deal with the issue that I did I died without a will. When you die owning property in your own individual name, that property more than likely is, has to be probated. 
Every state has their own probate laws. Every state has their own rules. But what every state does have is what we call intestacy rules. When you die owning assets in your own individual name and you die without a will, your estate is called an intestate estate. Um, we'll dig into intestate estates in later episodes, but right now, just what you need to understand is that when you have an intestate estate, the administration of that estate is based upon state law, not a person's wishes, state law. Whatever the state's law say, that is how it's going to be administered. So in South Carolina, all the property my husband and I goes together, own together, it would go to him outright. We're not going to have to probate the house, the two cars, and that one bank account. What my husband is going to have to probate is he's going to have to probate the two bank accounts that are in my name, and he's going to have to probate that portion of the beach house that I owned. Life insurance retirement accounts, as long as they have death beneficiaries, he's not going to have to probate those. So in my scenario, it's not totally um, a terrible situation because there are some assets that would pass to my husband, but two bank accounts and a portion of a beach house are what's going to have to be probated. Now, here's where not having a will is really going to cause some issues. So in South Carolina, probate's going to take at minimum one year. One year before my husband's going to have access and essentially inherit the two bank accounts and my portion of the beach house. Plus, because I did not have a will, all the intestate statutes kick in. And in South Carolina, if you were survived by a spouse and a child or children, the estate is split between them. So my husband's only going to get half of my probate assets and my minor child is going to get the other half. And I'm not going to go into all the complications and details, but a minor inheriting is another complication. Minors can't inherit outright, so we've got to get a trust created and all of that stuff. Now, if I'd have died with a will, depending on how I set my will up, but most wills between husbands and wives are the same. If one spouse dies, everything goes to the surviving spouse. Um, but if I had died with a will, the process would have still taken a year, but it would have been a lot smoother. The estate would not have been split between my husband and minor child, and it would have just been an overall less expensive probate. Again, the cost of a will is usually a few hundred dollars, same as powers of attorney, versus paying thousands of dollars to probate an estate. And when you have an intestate estate, it's going to be more expensive because it's a lot more involved because we're not following the terms of a will, we're following state law. And if I was really on my game, I would have probably created a trust and just avoided probate altogether. But that's also a discussion for another time. So I'm sure you can see where I'm going with these examples, but let's do one more example just to make sure we're hitting this point home and let's tweak this situation again. Let's say that my husband and I were both in that car wreck. And let's say that I die and my husband is an incapacitated person and we have no estate planning documents. Now this situation is even more complicated. First, my husband being incapacitated means someone else is going to have to raise our minor child because he cannot. Second, someone else is going to have to care for my husband because he's incapacitated, which means another family member is going to have to go through that complicated and expensive guardianship process. And we're going to have to go through a process to have a guardian appointed for our minor child. And since I have died, several of my assets are going to be tied up in probate, 
which means that since he's incapacitated, he can't probate my estate. So another family member is going to probate my estate. And it's an intestate estate. So now we have the issues of intestate laws kicking in. And my insurance and my retirement proceeds would have had my husband as my primary beneficiary. He can't accept those because he's incapacitated. So that's a whole different issue. Thousands of dollars in legal fees and a complicated mess to deal with with this third and final situation, and it all could have been avoided if we had an estate plan. Not a complicated, expensive estate plan either, but a basic estate plan that addressed the big issues. And if you think these situations could not possibly happen to you, think again. Because all of these issues arose because in my scenario, I didn't have any estate planning documents and I got in a car wreck. Car accidents happen every day in every state. So thousands of dollars of legal fees, a complicated mess, and it literally could have been avoided if we would have had financial and healthcare powers of attorneys and a last one testament. And usually these types of documents are not expensive to get drafted from an attorney. And yet there is absolutely no reason that two-thirds of American adults do not have an estate plan. When I state it's vitally important to create an estate plan, I'm not just trying to make money for my clients. I am trying to let them know that it is extremely risky and expensive not having an estate plan. The same reason you get car insurance, health insurance, life insurance is the same reasons you should have an estate plan. And that is my hope of what I impressed upon you in this episode. I hope you have a better understanding of what an estate plan is. It is a plan that directs and states your attention for your estate and how that estate is going to be managed during incapacity and at death. And I hope you understand why it's important. Because when you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And your family is going to be cleaning up an expensive mess. So when you are ready to take the next step, talk to an attorney. Talk to an attorney. I'm not telling you to go to an attorney and pick out the most expensive plan. I'm telling you to take the time and meet with an attorney. And most estate planning attorneys typically tend to do some kind of free seminar, free educational workshop, or a webinar. Go to one of those. Make it a priority to go to an attorney. And if you're a younger individual and you're thinking, well, I don't have a lot of money. I don't, you know, I work full time. I don't have time to go to an attorney. Ask an attorney. Ask around who your parents use. Most attorneys are very willing to meet with you at like a 6 or 6.30 in the, in the, at night appointment. I know I do it all the time. I understand that it's hard as a working parent to navigate and have time to go to the doctor and things like that because of work and kids' schedules. Talk to an attorney. Attorneys are people. Attorneys have families. Attorneys understand the importance of an estate plan. And estate planning attorneys understand that even more. So when you're ready, take the next step, talk to an attorney, get an estate plan in place. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. They won't all be this long. Some will be longer. Some will be a lot shorter. They're not all hopefully going to be some doom and gloom. I do have some ideas for some interesting episodes in the future. So please hit that subscribe button and stick around. We'll see you later.